serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good, and his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. So in light of that faithfulness tonight, we stand in soon. Rumors of the Son of Man. And rumors of the Son of Man. And stories of the Son of Man. And holiness will be And treasure for the
Amen, that's good. Hey, welcome to Fellowship College, everybody. My name is Ryan Burton. I'm a worship pastor here on staff. Hey, uh, before you have a seat, let's go ahead and welcome each other. COVID-friendly style, elbow bumps, fist bumps, just pointing at each other. Welcome each other in tonight. All right, you guys can have a seat. Hey, look around you, it's, it's packed in here, but that does not mean that you can't invite more people, so we, we will accommodate. If we need to have an overflow room or, or something like that, um, we can do that. So don't make this a hindrance of inviting more people. We will monitor and adjust. Uh, and so last week, Garland kicked us off uh, with our parable series, and we're gonna be doing that series most of this semester up until about the last month. Uh, and so he kicked us off last week and, and told us a little bit about um, how to read the parables, how not to read the parables. Josh is gonna, gonna take us a little further into that this evening. Um, but what I wanted to extend to you all tonight is uh, th later this week, uh, we're gonna post on Instagram uh, the list of the parables we're gonna do this semester. And so when we post that, check those out. Really want to encourage you guys to read through those parables. Uh, definitely before... Uh, we come in on Sunday nights, but I would love it if you read them all as soon as we post them. Um, reason being so that if you have uh, a, a form of art that you kind of lean into uh, and you're inspired to create, say, if God is teaching you something specific through one of these parables, please create. I would love to see what you guys come up with. Um, it, it's encouraging for me. Um, and the hope is that it would be encouraging for the rest of our congregation. And so once we post those parables, read them, check them out. Um, if you wanna create, please do. Uh, so other announcement, Ash Wednesday. Um, if you have not heard of Ash Wednesday um, or you've never been to Ash Wednesday service, you don't know what it is, Ash Wednesday is the beginning of the Lent season which is something that we celebrate as a church. It's in the Christian calendar. And Lent is this time right before Easter. And it's a time where we can reflect, we can feel the weight of our sin, um, and, and we, can, we can focus on the cross during that time. And so Ash Wednesday kicks that Lent season off. We are not going to have a Sunday night service that Sunday, but we are gonna have an Ash Wednesday service on February 17th at 7 p.m., so mark that in your calendars. It's gonna be a little different, um, but that will be a Wednesday night service, February 17th at 7 p.m. Lastly, show of hands, who has been to a summer camp at one point or another in their life? Dang, okay. Who has, who has been a camp counselor at one point? Okay, sweet. Um, so Canacuck Camps, if you have not heard of them, it's a great camp organization. They have camps all over the country. They're gonna be out in the foyer. And uh, if you are interested at all in working in a summer camp, you're not signed up already to work at one this summer, hey, I would highly encourage you to check them out. I worked at a summer camp for seven years throughout high school and, and all college. It's an awesome summer job. And so if you're interested in that, they'll have more info in the foyer after the service. And so let's, let's pray as we continue to worship. Father God, we are so grateful to be able to gather, to lift praises to your mighty name, 
this evening. Father, as we continue to worship, would you be blessed by our worship? Holy Spirit, settle in. We understand and are confident in your presence in this room. And so, God, let us acknowledge that. May our affections be stirred by that Holy Spirit. It's in your precious name. Amen. Sunday night, how are we doing? Come on, come on. How was semester started? Is it good, iffy, weird? I'm sure it's been strange. It's been really, really strange for me. So um, it's been interesting to start 2021 after all the craziness that was 2020. I kind of felt like it's a new year, it's a new day. It's, it's all going to restart. I get a fresh start and everything. Um, and I found that even in the first week or two of the new year, that the same issues that surrounded us and that reminded us of our broken world kind of surrounded us and encompassed us. Um, and in light of that, I found my, my soul worried and concerned. Where do I find my hope and my peace? And I was reminded that God has taken me and us, all of us broken people, put us together again, made us whole again. There was Holy Spirit, there was love, and there was grace that surrounds us time and time again. So we're going to sing a song that reminds us of that and of his great grace and his goodness. Let's sing it.
smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. It's good to see you guys. My name is Josh. If we haven't met, I'm new here on the college team. Uh, this is my first time seeing y'all in 2021, so this is, this is a, big, a big moment for me. 2020 was, was, weird, was weird for me, as it probably was for y'all. The weirdest thing for me was that it, it truly was the first time in my life that I, I felt old, or I would say I, I recognized that I was getting old. And the culprit was TikTok. I, I don't understand TikTok. And I want to, I'm a college pastor, it's like part of my job description. You have to relate to the students. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I, I truly just cannot understand it. And here's why. When I was in college, which really wasn't that long ago, which I realize only old people say that statement. <laughs> I was in college not that long ago. When I was in college, if you wanted to go viral or get famous, like you had to do something actually pretty cool. Like you had to be creative or you had to be skilled at something, you know, like do trick shots or at the very least be in the right place at the right time. And if you could do that, then you could go viral. You could become famous, be known worldwide, and it's all good. But TikTok completely changed that. And before you go and kind of cancel me out for the rest of the service because I'm not relevant anymore, there's something you need to know. I am way more relevant than Garland, okay? That dude's like 40 doing college ministry, and he doesn't even know the difference between a GIF and a meme. We had a meeting the other day, and we spent 10 minutes trying to tell him, showing him two columns, GIF and meme, and how they were totally different. And I still don't think he knows. <laughs> I still don't think he knows what the difference is, so you can, you can test him after. But here's what I don't get about TikTok. You can do whatever you want. There's no rhyme or reason to becoming famous. Like, here's a couple examples. This is just two of maybe 10,000 examples. First off, this guy's name is 420 Dogface with two G's. 420 Dogface 208. I hear the skeptics out there already. It's kind of it's kind of talented. I don't know if I have the coordination to do that, especially with Cran Raspberry in my hand. But this one, you can't, you can't convince me that this one, that last one, by the way, has 12, 12 million views, not bad. This next one has 42 million views and two, two million people reposted it. Is that what you say on TikTok? What do you say on TikTok? Like, shared it? Thank you, shared it. This one, 42 million views for nothing.
that, that's it, 42 million views. How is that, how is that possible? The whole, the whole reason that we even talk about this is because we're still in this, the parable series and we're talking tonight about the parable of uh, the mustard seed. And this parable talks about the kingdom and how the kingdom grows and spreads. And so before we get there though, let's go ahead and give ourselves a couple reminders, a refresher. Garland talked about these last week of some helpful tips when you're gonna read the parables. First off, most parables fall into three categories. Category one is they're describing the nature of the kingdom. Category two, they're describing kingdom ethics. And category three, they're describing kingdom judgment. And so last week and then again tonight, we're talking about the nature of the kingdom. Again, how the kingdom grows. And as we talked about last week, whenever we get to a parable, it's so important that the first question you should, you should never ask, not just for parables, but really any part of the Bible, you should never ask, hey, what does this say about me? Because I'll tell you, 99.9% .9 of the Bible is not about you. In fact, you're probably not, you're not at the center of any story in the Bible. But specifically, when we're talking about parables, before you ask the question, hey, what does this say about me? The first question we have to ask is, what does this say about Jesus and his kingdom? And so that's where we're gonna go tonight. We're gonna answer three questions. We're gonna answer the question, what, does these, what do these parables say about the kingdom? What do these parables say about Jesus? And then in light of those two things, what do these parables say about me? Why are they relevant? Why are they significant? And so before we read this passage again, let's pray. Father, we need you. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would, would work and move tonight in this place. We pray that you would open the eyes of our hearts that we may behold wondrous things out of your word. Would you satisfy us tonight with your steadfast love that we could rejoice and be glad all our days, amen. So we have two parables tonight, the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the leaven. So if you have your Bibles, we're gonna be in Matthew 13, verses 31 to 33. The parable of the mustard seed says, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. So the first question is, what, does, what do these parables say about the kingdom. The first thing it says about the kingdom is that the kingdom of heaven has these humble beginnings. Look at these first verse he says. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in the field. It is the smallest of all seeds. Now let's take a quick time out. I don't know, for some reason there's a lot of skeptics 
and Bible critics that love to take this one verse right here and say, see, see, I told you, the Bible is, is not true. The Bible has lies in it. This can't be the word of God, because this is a lie. I studied botany, and I know for a fact that the mustard seed is not the smallest of all seeds, and there, there is indeed a, a seed that is smaller than a mustard seed. And you know what? That's true. There is a seed that is smaller than a mustard seed. There's actually many seeds smaller than a mustard seed. But let's first put ourselves back, put ourselves back in context. This is a parable, a story that Jesus is telling in order to reveal something about his kingdom that is coming. And so instead of taking every word literally, he's trying to portray something about the kingdom here. Secondly, there's actually historians of ancient Israel that believe that the mustard seed was at the time the smallest known seed that they had. Yes, there were other seeds in other parts of the world that they didn't know of that were smaller, but for them, the mustard seed was a symbol of the smallest possible measure. And lastly, this probably, you don't even need to know this, but the Greek word here is mikros, which is where we get like kind of microscopic. And what Jesus is trying to portray here is that the kingdom of heaven is very, very small. The kingdom of heaven is very small. And not only is it small, I actually put it, it's very small. I, I put it right here in the center of the screen Kind of tap your neighbor on the shoulder when you, when you can spot it. This is like the actual size of a mustard seed on the screen. Don't get dis distracted in the corners over here. Right here in the center. Kind of give your neighbor a little tap on the shoulder when, when you found it. That one's a smudge. Don't look at that one. Guys, I'm honestly not sure why I did this. There, this is a blank, a blank slide. There's, there is absolutely nothing, nothing on that screen. I wanted to see if I could get like one or two of you to be like, I see it, I see it. There is nothing on the slide, but here is what a mustard seed kind of looks like relative to your index finger. It is approximately one millimeter in width. In fact, if you weren't looking right at it, you wouldn't see it. And so the kingdom of heaven is like this. It starts small and humble. And not only small, but it's actually hidden. When we go over to the second parable that Jesus says, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour. It's small and hidden, which means if you aren't looking for it, you won't find it. And that's pretty explicit there, but when we think about a seed, a mustard seed, what do you do with a mustard seed? You plant it, you bury it, you hide it in the ground. So the kingdom of heaven starts small and hidden. But it doesn't stay that way for very long. Jesus continues. He says, it is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree. And so y'all didn't know that you were just getting a botany lesson today, but here is what a mustard tree looks like. 
This is what it would have looked like in ancient Israel. It is, although it starts one millimeter wide, it can grow six to 10 feet tall and six to 10 feet wide. It's one of the only trees that grows as wide as it does tall, providing tons of shade. So you guys didn't know that you were gonna get lots of fun facts to share this week. It also grows to this height, the six to 10 feet, within the first 90 days. So it starts hidden and then it springs up and grows 10 feet tall in, in 90 days and it thrives in tough, desert, arid conditions. In fact, the tougher the condition, the more it grows and the more it thrives. Y'all, this is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven thrives in the toughest, hardest conditions. Once it starts growing, it doesn't stop. If you wanna know where the kingdom of heaven right now is growing the most, where the gospel is being proclaimed the most and spreading the most right now, I'll tell you what, it's not in America, it's not in Canada, it's not in any of the European countries, it's in the places where there's the most persecution. It's in countries like Somalia, it's in countries like Pakistan and Iran, it's in countries like China and North Korea, where you risk being killed for being a Christian. This is where the gospel is growing, and this is where the gospel is spreading. And the gospel doesn't stop spreading until it reaches the rest of the earth. That's what Jesus says next in the second parable. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. If you guys don't know what leaven is, anyone here make sourdough over this last COVID year? Yeah, we got a couple people. Leaven is kind of what, <laughs> you put it in the dough to make it, <laughs> make it rise. My little brother loved making sourdough for some reason. It was good, it was good. Leaven is what makes the bread, what makes the bread rise, and you can't have if you put leaven into a, like a lump of dough, you can't just have parts of it leavened, parts of it unleavened. Once you put it in, it doesn't stop until the entire dough is leavened. And so what Jesus is describing here about the kingdom is that once this thing kind of gets into motion, it doesn't stop. And he show, shares that it reaches the ends of the earth, in this first parable, the mustard seed, he finishes, finishes it by saying, this tree, this, this seed that started so small grows into this tree, and this tree produces these branches, and these branches, it says the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. And anyone listening to him during this time, any of the Jews would have immediately gone to Ezekiel 17, Ezekiel 17 is this prophecy by Ezekiel that's describing the coming kingdom, and it's describing what it's gonna be like, just like this parable. And Ezekiel gets this prophecy from God, and God says to Ezekiel, I will break off a sprig from its topmost shoots and plant it on a high and lofty mountain. 
On the mountain heights of Israel, I will plant it. It will produce branches and bear fruit and become a splendid cedar. Birds of every kind will nest in it. They will find shelter in the shade of its branches. God's plan from the beginning was not to have just one people group for his kingdom. His plan was that this people group would spread and grow and every nation, every bird it says here, will find rest and shade in its branches. So what is the kingdom of heaven like? The kingdom of heaven starts small, like a mustard seed. It grows quickly, even in the toughest conditions, and it reaches the the ends of the earth. It, It continues to grow, you can't stop it. And so if that's what these parables say about the kingdom, what what do these parables say about Jesus? And if you're really following along, I think you might have picked up on it already, but Jesus is the true mustard seed. Jesus is the mustard seed of the kingdom that he is referring to. Jesus is, Although he was God in the flesh, although he was equal with God, took on the form of human flesh. Philippians 2 says he humbled himself, he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And then in John 12, Jesus, in in his last few days on earth, talking about his death that's to come, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus is saying, "I, I am this mustard seed humble and lowly, and I have to die. If a seed doesn't go into the ground and die, it will never produce anything. In order for a seed to produce fruit, it has to go and die. And that's what Jesus did. He came humble, When he came into Jerusalem, he didn't have a big parade with these horses and trumpets. He came lowly, riding on a donkey, knowing that he was headed towards the cross. He took the cross for our sins. He died, and like that seed was was buried, was buried in the ground. And then he rose from the dead, springing up from the ground and defeating death and sin once for all. And once that happened, this kingdom started growing and it was unstoppable. Jesus sent out disciples and these disciples started to proclaim the gospel. These seeds started producing trees, which started producing fruit, which started producing more seeds. And it started growing and growing. In fact, it got 
started getting so big that the high priests and the Pharisees were really nervous and concerned. They started meeting, how can we stop this from growing any farther? We need to put an end to this right now. And one of the Pharisees named Gamaliel, in his wisdom, says in Acts 5, he says, in this present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. In fact, you may even be found opposing God. If this gospel, if these seeds that they are planting is from God, there's no way to stop it. There's no way you can do anything to end it. In fact, like the mustard tree, the more that they did, the more the persecution that came, every time they tried to lock one of them up in jail, every time they tried to crucify them upside down, every time they tried to boil them alive, every time they gave death threats to them and their families, it just kept growing and growing and growing. Because the seed that Jesus planted and each of them, it couldn't be stopped. The gospel was growing. It was the leaven in the bread and it wouldn't stop until it reaches the ends of the earth. And this is what we see. John in Revelation chapter seven gets this vision. He gets a vision from Jesus himself about what it's gonna look like when the kingdom finally comes in all its splendor, in all its fulfillment. And here's what he said, here's what it looks like. This is the kingdom that's coming. He said, after this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes, from all peoples, all languages, standing before the throne and before the, before the lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. This is the picture of the kingdom that's coming. Every nation on earth will be represented. Every language that's been spoke will be spoken at the end of the time. Every tribe, every people, and those who believe and trust in Christ will be dressed in these white garments, signifying the forgiveness of sins that we've received in Jesus alone. Waving palm branches which show that Jesus alone is our king. This is what's coming. This is what this parable is about. Jesus is the mustard seed. Jesus is the king, it's his kingdom, and it's coming. And it can't be stopped until it reaches the end of the earth. And so in light of this, our final question, knowing what the kingdom's like, knowing what Jesus, who Jesus is, what, is, what do these parables say about me? How does this affect me? 
Well, most of y'all are here today because the true mustard seed, Jesus, died and was buried and rose from the dead and produced a tree which produced fruit, which produced other seeds, which died and was buried and, and produced a tree which produced other fruit, which produced more seeds, which died, which produced more trees, which produced more fruit, which produced more seeds, on and on and on and on for 2,000 years. Think about this for a second. This is taking place right now 6,700 miles from here. 6,700 miles from here. That's the distance between Jerusalem and Fayetteville, Arkansas. 6,700 miles over 2,000 years crossing the Atlantic Ocean. If this gospel is from God, it can't be stopped. It's gone 2,000 years and thousands of miles and it hasn't been stopped yet. And I'm here to tell you tonight that it won't stop until it reaches the ends of the earth. So for those of you that maybe have already had a seed planted of the gospel, what you're being called to is to go and make disciples of every nation. For some of you right now, that just means the people that are in your fraternity or in your sorority. Maybe it's the people that are in your study group. Maybe it's your siblings, your family. Maybe it's the people that you intern with or work with. Someday, even if you have some crazy cool business job, it's those people in your office. And for some of you in this room, I know this. Some of you, a seed is being planted and God is calling you to the hardest parts of the world. Some of you, God is calling to places like Somalia, Iran, Pakistan, China, North Korea. And I'm begging you, don't quench that, but to go, be bold, courageous. This gospel won't stop. It is going to reach the end of the earth, whether you're a part of it or not. So how incredible for all of you that you get to be a part of this kingdom, that we are invited into this kingdom. It's the greatest kingdom that's ever happened. It's the greatest kingdom that ever will happen. It's the only kingdom that lasts forever and we have the greatest king. And so as we respond in worship, I ask you just to do some heart reflection. Do I know this king? Am I a part of this kingdom? And am I committed to spreading it to the ends of the earth? Let's pray. Father, you're good. We do not deserve to be a part of this kingdom. We are humbled and honored that you loved us enough to send Jesus to take on human flesh to die for us. Thank you that you have given us new life. Thank you that we are a part of this kingdom, that we get to be with you forever. 
I pray that this city, this campus, this country, and this world will be changed because of the lives of the men and women in this room. We pray that your Holy Spirit would do abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. Amen.
is our hope. Was borrowed for three days. His body there would not read. On every voice tonight. Tonight we love you guys. We'll see you guys next week.